Welcome to the MILF Bod Podcast. Mindful, intuitive, lifestyle, fitness. An all-encompassing wellness resource for women featuring some of the most successful, influential mothers and experts out there. I'm your host, Cherokee Luker, mother, model, fitness trainer, and wellness enthusiast. Join me as we dive into all things MILF. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today's guest is none other than Sue Lynn Medeiros, aka the only Sue Lynn you need to know. Sue Lynn is a mother, model, influencer, and author. In today's episode, we talk about the power of resilience and how your struggles can turn into blessings, Sue Lynn's lifestyle practices to help her become the best version of herself, and she offers some really amazing relationship advice, so make sure you stay tuned. On that note, please welcome Sue Lynn Medeiros to the MILF Bod podcast. Hi, Sue Lynn. Welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Of Hi, Turkey. Hi. <laughs> We're so professional. So, you guys, Sue Lynn and I have known each other since 2018, technically. Yeah, because we spent 2019 New Year's together in Tulum. Mm-hmm. So we've known each other for quite a while. Josh, my man, and Sue Lynn's man, Garth, have been really great friends for a long time now. So, of course, they introduced us. And Sue Lynn and I have had a lot of adventures together with our men. We've traveled together. We've gone to Tulum. Like I said, we spent New Year's Eve 2019. That was a great trip. We've been to Vegas. We've been to Napa. So... Although I feel like I know you, I also feel like you've lived this crazy, incredible life. Mm -hmm. And the fact that I've only known you for however many years, five or so years, I feel like that's such a small portion of this amazing life that you've lived because I feel like you've lived like a hundred lives in one. So can you just... I feel like that too. Yeah, you because you have. So can you just kind of introduce yourself to the audience and give us a backstory and yeah, kind of tell us how you've gotten to where you are today. Okay. Um, <laughs> my name is Sue Lin. I was born in New York City. Both of my parents are Brazilian from Brazil. My parents came here as teenagers on a student visa, and they had me at the age of 25. Mm -hmm. And I was the only child for eight years. But at the age seven, I went to Brazil for the first time to meet my very large family. My mother's parents had 13 children. Oh, my gosh. So I have a lot of uncles and aunts <laughs> and a lot of cousins around my age. Yeah. So my life in New York, I was the only child. So it was kind of like no siblings. The only friends I had were at school. Right. But then my summers in Brazil, I had this massive family that I got to interact with and just all these different personalities. And it was a completely different culture. Yeah. From growing up in New York, going to school there, we lived in an apartment. And then every year I would get to go to Brazil. And actually at the age of eight, I went for the first time to the Amazon where my grandparents had a farm. And we stayed there for a couple of months. And every year when I would come back and, you know, like, what did you do this summer? And I always had crazy stories. I'm sure. Yeah, crazy stories. And I learned Portuguese and English at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it was like, hi and oi. So I'm fluent in Portuguese as well. And Spanish too, And right? Spanish, but Spanish later on. Right. Um, so... I was actually my mother's English teacher because I would learn in school Aww. and my father spoke English, but my mother didn't really. And she was at home taking care of me. So I would come home and we would watch shows together mm -hmm. and Sesame Street. And then I would correct her and kind of teach her, no, mom, this is that, this is that. So oh my gosh, yeah, I so basically cool. taught her English. Yeah. And then at the age of eight, my first sister was born, Evelyn. Mm -hmm. And then at the age of 10, my other sister, Raquel, was born. So I was always very mature, though, maybe because I was the only child. And, for a long time, yeah. Yeah, for a long time. And I've just always been that way. So when my sisters came along, it was more like I was a second mom. Like yeah. I would help my mom, and I kind of embraced it, but I liked that. So I wanted to take all these responsibilities, and I would tell my mom, like, let me do this. Mm -hmm. Like, I wanted to take over the mom job. <laughs> 
So that was, yeah, so that was a great experience having sisters. So you grew up in New York. And then when did you come to L.A.? Well, when I was 20 years old. Okay. But there's a lot that happened before In between, that. yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. You can go into as much detail as you want. Okay. Yeah. So actually, my father was incarcerated when I was nine. And that was like a big thing in the family because I kind of stepped in to help my mom. Yeah. And my mom, uh, she's like the sweetest person. And she's super, but she was super dependent on my father because that's just the culture. And that's how she was. And he was like the hands-on person to kind of do everything, take care of everything. And all she did was like take care of us at home mm-hmm. and her responsibilities. So that really, I think, matured me a lot in that I'm time sure. of my life. Yeah. And then we had my middle sister. And then I kind of just stepped in, really helping out and everything. And went Financially, through. you mean? No, no, I couldn't. <laughs> I'm a kid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> helping out, like my mother make decisions. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot you were nine years old. <laughs> I, so I, lemonade. I, no, because I just know that you're such an entrepreneur and I feel like that's such like a thing that you are. And mm-hmm. I feel like I can picture you as like a little nine year old girl so funny. just hustling her ass off to like help your mom in any way that you could. Yeah. So my father was a general contractor and when he was incarcerated, all the responsibilities were like left. And mm-hmm. I kind of did help my mom or kind of guide her to make decisions and all that. And then his trial started and we didn't really know how long it was going to be like mm-hmm. how long is he going to be in jail for we didn't I didn't know we didn't know my mom was freaking out she's very emotional about everything mm-hmm. she's stronger sure. now but then she was just freaking out and she's like we're going to move to Brazil because I need help from my parents and I don't know how long your dad's going to be in jail and this is just a lot so we packed up all our things and when I say all our things as I had to fit everything in two suitcases because you know, we're going to Brazil. So I had right. to give up, like, I remember my little Barbie bicycle. Like, mm. I had a huge Barbie collection. So then, okay, I packed up as much as I could in two bags, and we went to Brazil. We moved there. So that's when I went to live in the jungle, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. I mean, you kind of knew because you spent your summers there. So it wasn't like a complete culture shock, but I'm sure living there full-time was so different than so different living in New York. And— I was young, but I figured, I don't know what's going to happen. I guess we're moving to Brazil forever. And it was kind of freaky yeah, and scary because I did love living in America. And, you know, you get used to the comfort, to everything, going mm-hmm. to school and everything that was just so different. And my mother's family was very humble. Yeah. So it was just like, we pretty much lost everything. So it was like a fresh start. Mm-hmm. But there are so many things that now I look back and I'm so thankful because those experiences have, you know, molded me into the person that I am today. And I'm just beyond grateful for every experience I've been through. And so anyway, moving forward, because there's a lot of good stuff. (laughs) There's a lot of bad stuff that happened, but everything always turned out for the best. And and that's always been a great thing. And I'm very fortunate and I feel very blessed. So I basically helping my mom raise these two little girls. Mm -hmm. And then my father was released, deported. And when he got deported, he did not have entry back in the U.S. because he lost his green card. Right. But my mother became a citizen, and we were all American mm-hmm. born. Right. So somehow, and I don't really know the details because I was too young then. Right. Somehow, when I was 14, they told me we were moving back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, if he somehow was able to get it legally through or I'm not sure. So now we moved back to the U.S., and that's when we moved back to New York. Mm -hmm. And then my father was incarcerated again. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Yes. And then that was like a whole other nightmare. There's just a lot of details about that. But I was very close to my father. Yeah. And um, we have had a very strong bond. But all these years, and every time, like, I saw him, like, there were all these years that he didn't know. I mean, I was a little kid. And then when he came out, I was like a teenager, you know? Right. So yeah, it was so like, he missed a lot. Yeah, he missed a lot. So I was really looking forward to like, finally, I'm thinking, oh, we're going to catch up and really have all these years. So when I was 16, we moved back to New York. Mm-hmm. And I had graduated from high school. I went to high school in Brazil, but I graduated earlier because in Brazil, this is how it is. If you are capable of like passing up your to a higher grade. So for example, right. so I completed high school at 16 when we moved back. So that's when I went to Hunter College. 
And then at 18, I started modeling Mm -hmm. in New York City. And that kind of was not my goal. I really wanted to do something to, you know, use my brain and pursue a career that was, like, greater. But modeling really took off. Like, I got discovered by this uh, agency at the time that was called Thompson. Then I signed with Elite. And I started doing commercials, music videos, and it really kind of, like, took off. Like, I I don't even know how to explain it. Almost like overnight type of thing. Yes, exactly. So I locked my credits in school, and I said, I guess I'm going to do this for a little bit, for a year. It started with the plan of a year. Yeah. But then things really started inspiring, and, like, magazines and, like, music videos and all this stuff. And then I was traveling. I started traveling to do, like, stuff all over the world, like Mexico, Puerto Rico, like, a lot of Latin. And then I also did a soap opera with Telemundo. So I was working with Telemundo, Univision, which I hosted a TV show that was called Boom Latino at the time, mm-hmm. where um, I would interview Daddy Yankee was one of the people, like, you know, people in that culture. Yeah. The Latin culture. Because I was fluent in Spanish, they actually thought I was Spanish. So, right. <laughs> yeah. So it really worked out. And just throughout that whole experience, meeting great people, like, in the industry, in the fashion world, like, I've yeah. just— I don't even know how to explain. It was like I was in this tornado and things happening. Yeah. And I feel like when that all started is back when the industry was so different compared to what it is now. So like you can talk a little bit about like how the industry has evolved from when you started to Mm -hmm. now what it is. Because now, you know, it's more about being an influencer, which you are now. Mm As well as a model, but it's changed so much. So much. So there was no social media whatsoever. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Print. Print, ad campaigns, a lot of music videos and catalogs. I did a lot of like swimsuit catalogs, lingerie. So that was a big thing. And I kind of lived through that. And I think it was like 2010 was when Model Mayhem was really big. I don't know if you remember that. And MySpace. Those were the first two. Mm -hmm. So Model Mayhem, I had my little Model Mayhem thing going. Mm -hmm. Um, MySpace kind of blew up. Yeah. I was probably like one of the first really big influencers of MySpace, which is crazy. Yeah, you're like the OG MySpace. Like compared to what Instagram is now, right? Like back then, a lot of girls I don't think knew and were kind of starting. And I was just— very comfortable with like sharing my photos. And I had so much work Mm -hmm. that I was able to put into, you know, that social media. And I was living like a really, like traveling the world, like all these things. So I don't remember if it was followers or what it was. And I wish we could go back to see the MySpace, but they don't have that anymore. But I I had a, whatever it was, it was a lot. It was like in the millions, like crazy. So I moved to LA when I was 20 years old modeling, doing all that. And then I think the pause was in 2011, mm-hmm. right, is when I met Joe, right, my son's father. Okay. And I fell in love or we were like, you know, in this different security and different thing than the lifestyle that I was living. I was just yeah. traveling, living the single life, dating people. Yeah. Did you guys meet in LA? Because he's we from did. Canada, right? Yes, he's from Canada. He always lived in Canada. Okay. But he was in town. Okay. And we met. Mm -hmm. And he kind of offered something different. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted at the time, I guess. And we moved in together. And then 2013, I had my son, our son. (laughs) My son. No, (laughs) our son. Yeah. So So 2011 is when you guys met and then 2013. Yep. Okay. So when we met in 2011, I kind of took a pause because he was just like, you know, you need to like pause from all this. So I did. Mm -hmm. And I paused from modeling from everything. I was, and then that's when social media really picked up like Instagram. So there were like fake pages being created, people pretending stuff. So in 2013 is when I decided to do my first Instagram. And then I found out I was pregnant shortly after. And I kind of hid that for like six months. I started modeling again. Yeah. And it all kind of just happened again. So when you took that pause, were you living here in L.A. or were you living in Canada? Both. Okay. I was going back and forth. Mm -hmm. Crazy. So going back, actually, I want to ask you. So like you said, it kind of happened overnight. Is there one specific job that you kind of give credit to? Like, or was it kind of just multiple jobs and then people just started 
you just started getting recognition from that? Or was it just like one big job that you did that kind of blew you up? I don't think it was one big job. I think it was a mix of, and you know, in that time, you would shoot a magazine or a music video or mm-hmm. a commercial. It wouldn't come out until three or four months right. after that. You know, right. now you shoot things, boom, it, quick next turnaround. week, yeah. quick turnaround. So I was just working nonstop. So every day I was like shooting something or doing something. So every month I had all these things coming out mm-hmm. and it just kept happening and happening. Yeah. So it was like a consistent thing. There were days where I had to pick, okay, well, if I take this job, and I'm flying to Vegas. I can't do this one in Florida. So I had to kind of like. Right. And I was my own little manager, kind of managing all this and making decisions. Really? I'd never had a, a manager that was one strict manager. I worked with agents, but mm-hmm. I always represented myself. As, That's kind of yeah. smart, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Now jumping ahead to when you got pregnant, you guys weren't trying to get pregnant, right? Well, he was definitely ready to have. Yeah. But there was a mix of things. At first, he didn't express that he wasn't okay with me modeling and all. So it kind of came into, like, you know, you fall in love. And I'm a very, like, traditional woman, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. that's how I was raised. So it kind of comes natural where you want to give up things to make your partner happy. For sure. And for a while, I kept doing it. And a lot of it was kind of blinded in a way where you don't even realize you're giving up so much. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize like the intentions behind it. Yeah. And I just kept saying, okay, I won't do this. I'll stop. But inside of me, I wanted to work. I wanted to. And I knew it was like a pivotal time. And I had so many great opportunities that I gave up, but then I had to pick. You were compromising yourself. Yes. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I guess it's how it is. If I want love to work and if I want this— And then there was also, you know, my mother and family, they're very supportive of family. And they're like, you can't live this life forever. You know, it's an empty life going around and partying all the time and traveling. Mm -hmm. And all of that was like a weight. So I thought I was doing the right thing, which I did. But Mm -hmm. then I didn't realize that his intentions were basically to like trap me in a way. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's what it sounds like. Because it was a very selfish, like I gave and gave and I would give. But I wasn't getting what I put in. Yes. Yeah. So I just wanted to do the right thing. But then it's not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have ambitions, and I think that there are, I'm sure, certain women that are very happy with being at home and being, you know, a housewife, a mother. But I've always had this bigger want and desire inside of me of having my own business, of running. And I'm, I was used to that, making my own money and having yeah. my, you know what I mean? Yeah. So... I couldn't do it anymore. And I was just like feeling empty. And I was like, I need to get back. And that's when it clashed because he didn't agree with it. Yeah. And at first I got off my birth control, which I was on since I was 16. Mm-hmm. And his parents were ready to be grandparents. He was ready. Like, you know, he was 38 at the time. So he was ready to, you know, settle down and do all that. And I was even willing to and wanted to, but I didn't want to give up that part of myself. Yeah, because you can have both. You don't have to give up one thing in order to have another thing. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I started taking birth control mm-hmm. behind his back because I I, mm, yeah. I wasn't happy with the life I was going to have. Yeah. And to have a family and to move to Canada and give up. And I was just going to turn into, what, this house pet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And live under his ruling Mm -hmm. of what he wants. Like he can do what he wants. He can travel. He can have his business, call it business. Mm -hmm. And here I am at home taking care of the home and our kid, but not living my dream and not being productive and not feeling happy with myself. I love taking care of the home. I love being a mom. I know. I love cooking. You're a great hostess. But I need to also be productive and course. Yeah, you're multifaceted. You know, like you said, there are some women who are content with just doing that. And that's my mother, for example, and his mother. Yeah. And that's totally (laughs) fine. But it's like you wanted more. And so. And I was used to more. Yeah. The thing is, like when he met me, I was running all these businesses and all these things. And I was, you know, working. And it's kind of almost like you went backwards in a way. I did. He's a great person. And I think that his mentality 
I'm not saying it's wrong, but it's how he was raised and it's Mm -hmm. what he wants. And you know what? He should get that. Right. You know what I mean? But I can't offer that because I can't be happy doing that with somebody that is— Anyway, I feel like now I'm just like, ah. no, no, it's okay. It, I mean, that's what but it's this my is reality. Here for. So yeah. that's, I'm just sharing like my side, and I'm sure he has his. And then I started taking birth control mm-hmm. after you had JJ. No, oh, before. Oh, okay. So I was off my birth control from 16 up till you know I stopped yeah. when we agreed and we were you know going to get married and do mm-hmm. all this stuff, and then moved to Canada. So I had to give up the apartment and do all this stuff. And I'm thinking, once I move, I know that's going to be it for me. So I kept trying to find reasons to delay it. But it was because it wasn't meant to be and it wasn't right. And I already knew. Then I started taking the birth control again. Mm -hmm. And we were actually in Canada when this happened. And I got pregnant. Wow. So you were following your intuition of being like, okay, I know that this situation may not be completely 100% right for me right now. And so that's probably why you started taking the birth control. But at the same time, it's like you also got the biggest blessing of your life, which is JJ now. Right. So it's just crazy how everything works out. I'm such a firm believer that everything does happen for a reason. And no matter how hard things can be at the time, it did happen for a reason. It did. I believe in that too. Yeah. So (laughs) you took what happened? It was four months after I was taking it. But apparently when you get off birth control for a long time, it can take up to six months before it's like. Before it kicks in or something gets into your system. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you find out that you were pregnant? Did you just, you missed your period and like. So this is another thing. I broke up with him. Uh Uh-huh. I was feeling weird. Mm -hmm. You've been pregnant, so you know. Yeah. There's a lot of emotions that go through and you kind of go yeah. crazy a little bit that oh, first yeah. month and I was just at that point where I just wanted my independence again back to partying and I remember I was actually in New York at a friend's 30th mm-hmm. and I was like not feeling okay mm-hmm. like kind of like feeling a little bit nauseous yeah so I flew back I flew back to LA and actually my housekeeper was at home and she said you're not feeling good you're pregnant and I said no no there's no way yeah I've been taking birth control and I'm thinking, no way. Yeah. So I went to this CVS. I bought the little, mm-hmm. three of them. Oh, my God. So when I see pregnant, I literally like, and then I did the other two. Uh-huh. But and then I didn't believe it. Yeah, so I went back to CVS and uh-huh. I bought all these different other brands. And then I called my doctor and I said, is there something like maybe I took too many vitamins or is there a chance <laughs> that he's like, how many did you do? And I told him, he's, and it was like a Saturday. That was the longest weekend yeah. of my life because yeah. I had to wait till Monday to see him to do the blood test. Right. And when I did the blood test, I was already nine weeks pregnant. Oh my Nine gosh. weeks. <gasps> wow. And that was another shocking thing. Yeah. I'm like, how have I been pregnant all this time? And I know I do. And then I was like, and then I thought maybe that was wrong. Yeah. So it was hard to believe and mm-hmm. hard to swallow. Yeah. I can relate to that experience a lot for sure. And then we were broken up technically the last two months mm-hmm. before I found out. Mm. So the first thing he said, well, it's not my baby because, you know, like yeah. there's no way we haven't been together for two months. Right. So we went through that, and then um, Joseph was born, and it was just like the greatest blessing. His grandparents flew in and got sick. I was very active. Yeah. And um, I Yeah, was, you were hiking Runyon until he was basically and, born. <laughs> and because I started back working and everything. Right. When I found out I was pregnant, I kept it a secret because mm-hmm. I had so many bookings. So right. I was shooting and doing all this stuff. And I kept it a secret up till six months. That's yeah. when, yeah, my little bump started coming out. Oh, oh my gosh. And then JJ was born in Cedar. Well, he was born in LA, Cedars, right? Yes. Okay. He was born in yeah. LA. And then unfortunately, my father passed away two weeks after Joseph was yeah. born. So that was like a really hard time. And then my grandmother passed away. So I kind of went through that. It's a lot of emotions. Yeah. So did you experience any postpartum? postpartum? No, I did wow. not. And another thing is I was afraid or the doctor advised, like he said, your milk is probably going to dry because of all of the things that were happening. You were stressed. Wow. Yeah. I I found it in me. I don't know how to explain to you. And this is the way I explain it now Mm -hmm. when it happened. There was a part of me that knew that my father passed away and it was like a tragedy, right? My whole family dealt with that, but it was almost like 
my love for my son was greater and my responsibility of being a mother. So that really kicked in where I had to be the super mom for him. Yeah. And I put it aside. So I feel like I didn't really deal with my father's death until Joseph was like a toddler. Old enough. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. I don't know how, but my brain and my like mother instincts kicked in and I was able to, through that, become stronger for him and for myself. That's amazing. To make sure he's okay. Yeah. And then I went through that stage where I dealt with his death, but it took me a while. And then I had to be strong for my mother, my sisters. Right. So I feel like I kind of really dealt with it really well. I really wanted to make it about him. Right. Of course. Wow. I love that so much. That speaks volumes of like how resilient you are because I'm sure in a way you kind of suppressed your father's death and the grieving of it. But I love that you use the perspective of like you channeled all of that and gave it to JJ and it made you a stronger mother and it made you just want to love him even more. I did. And I think it made our bond even stronger. Yeah. That's wild that he passed away two weeks after. I know. I'm so sorry. But yeah, now talking a little bit about JJ because... I absolutely adore him. He's literally the most beautiful boy I've ever seen in my entire life. Until your boy was born. No, no, but like JJ is another level. I mean, he's just incredible. And he just has this huge, like charismatic personality. So how old is he now? He just had his ninth birthday birthday last week. That's crazy. It flies by. Oh my God. So do you have like a favorite stage that you had with him? I don't think I have a favorite. Yeah. They're all so different. Right. And just seeing him even now at nine, like how mature and all the things. And oh I God. love the toddler stage too, though. Yeah. The, the little to- curls, the, oh the the words that he can't pronounce and says yeah. it all wrong. Like I miss oh. <laughs> You guys, I'll have to post a picture of JJ because you'll have to see how incredibly cute he is. It's insane. Thank you. So now he lives in Canada with his mm-hmm. dad and you guys made that decision during COVID, which I honestly think is probably the smartest decision because, you know, now that we have Hunter, Josh and I are being faced with like, okay, do we want to raise our child in Los Angeles mm-hmm. or do we want to try and move somewhere that has a little bit of a better, you know, school system and upbringing and people with morals? And, you know, it's hard because there's so much work and opportunity here, but you have to sometimes make a sacrifice and the best decision for your child. So um, how are you adjusting to him living there and, you know, having to like go visit him? And I'm sure it makes it more special, right? When you do get to see him. For sure. Yeah. It was a combination of our separation Mm -hmm. um, in 2018. Right. when we finally like separated. Right. And um, COVID and, you know, Joseph having to start first grade, which was a big thing because Joe always wanted us to move full time to Canada and I wasn't ready to do that. Yeah. So, you know, the school options and, you know, his father went to the school. It's mm-hmm. an all boys boarding school. So okay. it's really, really a great school. Yeah. And I'm happy with that. And again, this is another sacrifice, like the same way with when my father passed, right? And I mm-hmm. had to be really strong and do what's best for Joseph. Yeah. I feel that in this situation, I had to also decide what is best for him. Yeah, you know? for sure. And, and I think you made the right decision. And I'm not saying it's something permanent. He might be coming next year to school here. But he's there now and he's going to a great school and he lives with his father and his grandparents. So he spends summers here and March break and he's coming actually December 16th for the (gasps) holidays. So So soon. mm -hmm. So now that you're in a loving and healthy, amazing relationship, can you give the audience maybe some tips on you know, what you do to keep you and Garth's relationship strong, because I've witnessed the evolution of your guys's relationship since you started dating in Mm -hmm. 2018. And it's been incredible because there's been ups and downs, just like with Josh and I's relationship. Mm -hmm. But now you guys are at a place where I feel like you are stronger than ever. And even Josh came home the other day, and I think he went over to your guys's house for wine or something. And he was like, Cherokee, they are 
obsessed with each other. Like they <laughs> love each other so much. And it's so true. Like you can see it when you guys are together, how much you love each other. So give us some advice on how you have cultivated this amazing relationship. Like it seems like the relationship of your dreams. It is. I mean, a word that I could describe our relationship, I would, I would literally, it's, it's close to perfect. Yeah. Really. And, um, I agree. We've been through ups and downs, but really the way that I see it, we went through a down Mm -hmm. and now we're only going up. And I think our issues have never really been with each other. It always involves other people. Yeah. And in the beginning of our relationship, we had a lot of issues because we still had a lot of other things that were not completed. Yeah. Or chapters that were not fully closed. Yeah. Right? And we were also evolving as people. Mm-hmm. And we've both went through so many similar things, like even uh, when we were children or, mm-hmm. you know, we have a lot in common of like struggles through life and things that we went through in different ways and relationships that didn't work out for like whatever reasons. And I think that we really, number one, we trust each other. Like, That's number one. Number Number two, we respect each other 1,000%. And we've really gotten to know each other, but I know what makes him tick. He knows what makes me tick. Mm -hmm. But because of our love, trust, and respect, we assure that we don't cross those lines. And we basically want to make each other happy and we want to share our best life together. You know what I mean? But I still want him to live everything he wants. And I give him the space too. He loves like his career. He loves his job. He loves working and he loves creating. Mm -hmm. So I respect that. And he respects all the things that I love too. And we understand, I understand his responsibility as a surgeon, as a doctor, his patients, when it comes to work, they come first. You know what I mean? And I understand that and I'm okay with that. And I think that the problem in relationships is, one, when people don't trust each other, when mm-hmm. they don't respect, and when they are selfish. And I think that we're very selfless towards each other. Yeah. And I just want him to be the happiest man, you know, really. Yeah. And I love my time with him. We just love doing everything together. But I think we truly respect and love each other. And we just want each other to be happy. So we're willing to do whatever we can to be happy mm-hmm. ourselves, for right? Sure. To be, it, you always have to for sure take care of yourself first. So we want to be feel fulfilled, mm-hmm. you know, individually, mm-hmm. and we want to combine that. That when we do, when we're together, or when we do spend quality time, then it's all about us. But we feel complete in every other area. Yeah. And then there's also our children that we love and are also number one for us. So we never step on each other and we help each other through our relationships with our kids. I never get jealous of his relationship with his. He does it with mine. Right. So I feel like it's all a part of a respect, loyalty. For sure. And trusting. When he needs to be with his patients, I just get busy with my stuff. When he has his time with his daughter, we respect that. And I think that's why it works. And I think that— We're growing together, and there's really no issues. We found a formula. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? Like, we found our own little formula, and it works perfect. Yeah. You guys are in a very mature relationship, and it just seems like you don't want to hold each other back from anything. Like you said, you know, you give each other space, and you just want the best for each other unconditionally. And you can tell we feel. And another thing is we are both mature enough to also know, can we live without each other? 100%. Yeah. And have we been happy with other people? Yes. Mm -hmm. But we're happier with each other and we want to be with each other. Right. So we realize like right now, if we broke up, are we going to say we can't find somebody that we'll be happy with? But we realize like what we share gets us to that 100%, right? Yeah. That's how I rate it. Like, and we've talked about this. Like, Mm -hmm. he's been so happy in different ways with other people. And we're okay with sharing that. I don't don't expect to come into his life now at this point and say, oh, I want to be the only great thing that ever happened to you. Like, he has his relationship that he had that was good, Mm -hmm. you know, with his ex-wife. 
that's why we're at this state and it's made the person who he is and who I am. It's everybody we had to go through. Exactly. Do you understand? Yeah. It's all the friendships, all the relationships, all the failed romances, all the mistakes we made too mm-hmm. in other relationships. But I feel like we're at a mature point and we know the mistakes that we made before. So now it's like— you know not to make them again. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like perfect because I know I, that didn't work there. So I'm going to make sure I don't do it here. Yeah. You know? And I love him. And to me— I feel he deserves my love. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Yeah. When you find that person, you have to give it. Yeah. And I held back on a lot of relationships because they deserved maybe this much mm-hmm. or that much. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't give it all because it's not that they didn't deserve it. They weren't mature enough or they weren't ready to receive it. Yeah. And maybe I didn't even have it to give them. Right. Wait, do you understand? I love That's that. That's how I can explain. Wow. That I don't know how else to put it. Beautifully <laughs> said. Holy shit. But, it, but it's honestly like Mic how I drop. feel. <laughs> what? Mic drop. Sulin <laughs> <laughs> in the house, bitches. Okay. So that was incredible. So it's from everybody, the heart and it's honest. Yeah. Everyone take notes on all of those great tips for relationships. I mean, I will be implementing all of those things into our relationship and I know like I kind of look at you as almost like an older sister you know we've talked about this before and you always have offered like such great advice because you've been through before and you know like a really great piece of advice that you gave to me was now that Hunter is here of course you know, I'm going to be exhausted because I'm giving all of my energy and attention to him. But you said something to me one time and you were like, you need to make sure that you are also giving to Josh because, you know, if your guys's relationship isn't thriving, then everything else is going to fail. And I loved when you said that to me because it did help a lot because it is hard sometimes, you know, you're, especially as a new mom, I think. And a boy mom, you become yeah. so obsessed. Oh my God. It's like, because that, that bond, it could become obsessive, but you I, have yeah. to learn because it's not just your relationship with Josh. You have to make sure that you have special quality time for your other relationships, like for your sure. relationship with your mother, mm-hmm. with your father. This will be important for your son, too. So he's not so needy or he's not so, like, his independence. His independence, Because it's important for him to know that mommy has her relationship with daddy. Right. We have our relationship as three, but then mommy and daddy have one. I have one with mommy. Keep all your relationships is what I always advise separately. Yeah. And make sure you give every relationship. And obviously, our man has the priority, right? Mm -hmm. They get the most of us. Yeah. But— Make sure that when you spend time, you have quality time for each of them as well, yeah. you know, separately. That's, That's such I, good what advice. What's your number one love language? So there's five love languages. It's physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation. Oh, there's another one that's like gifts or gifts, something, right? And then there's one other one that I'm forgetting. What's your favorite? It seems like quality time and like physical touch probably or something. Probably, but I don't really like to stick to one. I like a combination. Mm-hmm. I don't have one I want favorite. Them all. <laughs> yeah. I think that life in general, it's all about balance. You know, you yeah. can't have too much of this or too much of that. You have to learn what your perfect balance is, whatever it is, whether it's your career, self-care. Like, mm-hmm. you can't be obsessed. Like, there are people out there that are obsessed with just their physique, right? So they'll spend four hours in the gym. Then they're obsessed with, like, eating, you know, crazy diet. And I think that it's good sometimes to, you know, have a cheat day, like where you eat cake or, you know, like you have to just learn the balance or else you will get sick or. Moderation is key in Mm -hmm. life for sure. And I think that, you know, a lot of people have this perception of, you know, people of influence like yourself or someone who has an amazing body like you. I'm sure they're looking at you and thinking, you know, she must spend hours in the gym and have a crazy, crazy diet. But it's almost like, for me at least, it's almost worked more to my benefit of just kind of like relaxing and realizing like, no, you have to live your life. You no, I'm, I'm laughing because Garth and I actually last night finished watching the Jeffrey Damer, oh, the right? Dahmer thing. <laughs> and we, I ordered pizza. It was like yeah. one in the morning because I was just craving it. Yeah. I don't always eat at one o'clock in the morning or, you but know. it's a balance. <laughs> I agree. So I just want to move into the acronym MILF. Let's touch base on 
each one. So what do you do to stay mindful? Mindful? Yeah. I meditate. It's kind of like a mix of a meditation prayer. Okay. I just do it in my brain. In the Um, morning? mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So I like to wake up and I I say a lot of self-affirmations, like looking in the mirror, looking in my eyes. And this was actually something my father taught me to build confidence when I was little. Yeah. But he said it in a way like you got to look in the mirror. You got to look at yourself in the eyes. Mm -hmm. And you got to tell yourself, I'm the best. Fuck the rest. (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm not kidding. I love that. (laughs) So in his own way, but he was just trying to build my confidence. Yeah. And it's like nobody knows, you know, I'm not, I'm swearing, but it's okay. But I'm looking in the mirror and I'm telling it to myself and you just start believing because your mind is so powerful. So powerful. And I really try to keep negative thoughts. I never talk bad about myself Mm -hmm. to people because the minute that you say something like, oh, I'm so lazy or anything negative, you know what your quality is are. And yeah. there are some people who are just like, oh, I'm so tired or I'm in pain. Even if I am, I won't voice it because I don't want to complain and bring that upon myself. And I really believe that our brain really controls all that. I agree. And like words have so much power. So it's much like, power. They give so much energy. It's like if you say something out loud, you're putting that energy out there. So I agree. And 100%. I also advise that for mothers because yes. I think that mothers are big big reason that people grow up with insecurities or thinking that they're dumb or stupid. Even if I know my son has something that he's maybe not so good at, like, you know, even with writing, it took him a little longer to have the strength because he just didn't have the focus and he wanted to rush through it. But I'm Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, nice handwriting or sketching something. And he has great qualities, but I would never say it. And when it hurts me, when I see mothers like, you're so stupid or, you know, like, yeah, or, can't you do this or or you know what I mean? And that really, I think, is what hurts and makes a lot of like. It has a huge effect. Crazies that we see out there. Yeah. I really believe that the mother has the strongest power over you, like what she says. Mm-hmm. So I always want to speak highly of my son or always tell him. And if I see something, I try to teach him. But I think that's very important. That's something that my mom always did with us. And I think that that helped also with who I am today. Yeah. And if there are little things that I'm feeling a little insecure in my brain about or feeling less of, Mm -hmm. I just look in the mirror and I say the opposite to reinforce myself. That's what I do. Because of course there are days you wake up, you don't feel good or you feel less of this or you doing this or this is hard. So that's how I kind of like give myself strength. You just say the opposite. Yeah. I'm going to try that. Yeah. I'm going to do I kind that. of mind fuck myself. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> <laughs> I love but that. But it works. It works. Yeah. Okay. So to stay mindful, just mind fuck yourself. <laughs> Basically. Okay. So the next one is how do you listen to your intuition? I do it through feeling. I'm very intuitive. Yeah. I, and I energy. I might not voice it, but if I feel like something like someone's bad energy or it's a bad idea, I might not say it to the person or anything, mm-hmm. but I'll just find my way. Through energy, for sure. Yeah. You're an empath, so you can feel a lot of I can. Yeah. I'm the same way. So what are some of your lifestyle non-negotiables? And this can be anything from like your morning routine, your supplements, your your beauty routine, like whatever. Water. Water. Yes. Yeah. You were just telling me right now. I can't live without water. Yeah. So how much do you drink a day? I drink about six of these a day at least. Okay. I keep refilling it. And you drink it iced. I like to have the ice in there, but if it melts, then I'm just sadly sipping it. <laughs> <laughs> because you said it speeds up your metabolism. Yes. Which makes sense because your body's working harder to kind of like warm your body. Well, not up. necessarily warm it up, but to set the water and room temperature in your body. In your body. Okay. So yeah. whether you're eating something really hot or cold, your body has to process that. So it does speed up your metabolism. Yeah. Okay. That's such a good tip. I'm going to try drinking iced water. Tell us some of your beauty secrets because I feel like you literally look the same. Oh, stop. As when you did when you were 20. No. Yeah, right. Okay. Stop. I wish. (laughs) Beauty secrets, being happy, cutting off fake people out of your life will really, really keep wrinkles off your face. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not kidding. So I feel like um, living a positive, happy life. I'm just happy. Yeah. I really found my happy place. And I think that that really helps. But I don't really use much. 
I mean, makeup, like I'll, I did my makeup today, but I'm yeah. saying on a day to day, I like to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to wash, like I just wash my face with like a cleanser or something, moisturizer. I don't really use makeup like every day. Yeah. But other than that, just drinking a lot of water. I like lemon in my water too. Yeah, tea. you guys. I love peppermint tea with honey oh, yeah, you at al- night. I noticed that you always do that too after whenever like we go out to dinner or something because it helps with digestion. I also wanted to talk. This is like another lifestyle thing that you do, but you are also an amazing chef, Chef (laughs) Sulin. So, (laughs) yeah, that's another thing that you do, which I absolutely love because I'm not the biggest cooker. I mean, I like it and I want to get better at it. But at the same time, it's not something that I'm passionate about. And it seems like you're very passionate about it. And my mom is too, and she's an amazing cook. So I kind of almost feel this pressure to like Don't feel take pressure. after her in a way. Don't. But that's another thing. So like when you're cooking, I feel like it's it's almost like meditative for you, right? It is. Yeah. So I run on very high energy. Like mm-hmm. I'm just a very, like I need to be doing something constantly. Mm-hmm. My son's like that too. My father was like that. So cooking for me is a time where I kind of slow down. Yeah. And I'm in this zone. So it's like a therapy for me. Mm-hmm. Because working out for me, I like fast workouts. Yeah. So that doesn't soothe me or it's not therapy. It's just something I have to, boom, get done. Right. And I don't really do yoga. Mm-hmm. I tried it, but it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. So I can't meditate and get into that. Right. Like, I hate massages. I can't lay there and get massaged. So really? Some, so yeah. So some people are different. They can lay there and they like it. I can't. So, I mean, there are certain things, but cooking... I actually like, I kind of just zone out. And, yeah. Yeah. And I'm creating something that hopefully I'm putting my love into. And I really enjoy like making it for my family and friends. Yeah. You can tell her ribs are amazing, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last thing that I want to touch base on is your fitness routine. Because your body is insane. Oh, that's um, sweet of you. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'll post a picture so you guys can see. And you can just Google her too. But like... Your waist to booty ratio is amazing, but of course it is genetics, but also like, what do you do to stay, to keep that up? Well, obviously diet, Mm -hmm. right? When I'm eating more of what I shouldn't, then Mm -hmm. I start getting a little bit bigger in certain areas that I don't want to. (laughs) As we all do. Yes, as we all do. But um, working out, I try to at least three times a week. I love hiking. I do a lot of that. Yeah. And you guys have such a great spot to do it near your house. I love that. That's another thing that really helps me meditate. And it's kind of therapy. Outdoors and just being out in nature, like walks on the beach or Mm -hmm. just hiking. That really helps me kind of go through whatever I'm thinking. Processing. Processing. Yeah. Yeah. So that also keeps me healthy. Mm -hmm. Hiking and working out. I just do my little routines, whatever area I try to do, like, you know, upper, lower and Mm -hmm. kind of. Do the whole body throughout the week. Just maintenance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Being consistent. I also do like a little waist training. I wear my little waist cincher. Yeah. And that helps like, you know. I feel like uh, it does actually make a difference. I think it does. Yeah. And I love bands. Yes. So when I I go hiking, I actually wear them around my leg. I bring it. And then I use it on my arms. I love those bands. Yeah. It's just the little things that you can incorporate. And being consistent. Exactly. So... One question I ask my guest at the end of every episode is if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, what would you say to little Sue Lin? I would say you have no idea what's in store for you. (laughs) And I have a feeling like this is kind of the beginning. There's so much more to come. Yeah. 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 I love that. I don't know if that's really advice, but. No, no. I mean, kind of just like mentally. I think I would tell me because knowing me as a little girl, I'd get really excited and I'd want to get there faster. Yeah. (laughs) So if I told myself that, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sulin, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you got a crazy schedule, but can you just let the audience know where they can find you, where they can find your book, all of the things? Yeah, Sue Lynn Medeiros is my Instagram, mm-hmm. pretty much all my social media. I have yep. a Twitter, too, that I run mm-hmm. that's called Just My Thoughts, where I try to really, just throughout the day, if I'm feeling something or, you know, I have a quote that comes up to my mind, I want to share it to motivate people. So it's kind of like an inspirational Twitter. Yeah. So that I use that page for inspirational. Okay. 
and just try to give advice to the world or to anyone that I reach. Yeah. And then your book. So I have my book. My book can be found anywhere. Amazon, okay. uh, Barnes & Noble. But it's my old book. You got to wait for the new one to come okay. out. <laughs> okay. We'll wait for the new one to the come out. The old one ends at Joe. So. Okay. Ooh. The- <laughs> JJ's not even in it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this. You're Motherhood. Your- I was like reading my old book. It's like literally reading my younger self. Yeah. And she had no idea all the stuff that was about to come because motherhood really, really, really changes your life. It does. Oh, yeah. That was one question that I wanted to ask you is like, since becoming a mother, how? Everything's changed. Everything. Yeah. Because you were how old when you had I was 27. Same age as you, remember? Yeah. 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 It changes your whole perspective. It changes your priorities. It changes your outlook. Just everything. For the better. I think it made me more human too. I was probably a little more about myself and a little more selfish before. And yeah, it's like, I mean, that's understandable. And, it op- and now I can relate to other women in different ways too. When you become a mother and you go through the struggles, like mm-hmm. you can kind of understand more. I understand definitely my relationship with my mother is so much better after I became a mother and went through all the things. Yeah. Because it really humbles you. And then you just have this little person that, and you just see the world through their stages. Yeah. And honestly, I always say like on Mother's Day, I thank my son. I tell him, thank you for making me a mommy. (laughs) Because it's like, to me, it's like, I thank him because I've learned so much. And without him, I wouldn't be able to see all these things. So I'm thankful for all the experiences that he has given me. So it's like, it's been a learning experience for both of us, like him and me. But I feel like he's taught me more than I could ever teach him. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I say the same thing to Hunter every day. I whisper it in his ear. I just say, thank you so much for letting me be your mommy. I'm like, (laughs) I'm the luckiest girl in the world. And yeah, it's just the best, especially being a boy They're so special. (laughs) I know. But that's because we don't have a girl yet, Yeah, that's true. That's true. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's in the future. We'll see. But anyways, thank you so much, Thank you so much for having me. Of course. It's always great seeing your beautiful face. (laughs) You too. Talk soon. Thank you all for listening to the show. I hope you gained some insight on how to practice becoming more mindful, learn the importance of listening to your intuition, gained some lifestyle takeaways and fitness tips. You can find me on Instagram at Cherokee Luker and the podcast at MILFBODPOD. So make sure you follow me to access exclusive content to help you become a better you, a better mother, and a better human. Talk to you guys next week about all things MILF.